Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Yes, and on this episode, we are talking about something very interesting. Some animated films or movies that, that are silent or barely had any dialogue or were practically silent. Yeah, feature silent characters. Yeah. Specifically, we are looking at the films Wally, uh huh, Shaun the Sheep, and Fantasia. Yeah, so two of the those movies feature characters who don't speak, don't have any lines of dialogue. And then Fantasia, of course, there's no dialogue at all, I believe. So we'll be talking about those movies for the feature presentation. But before we get to that, we have a new segment to introduce that we're calling Easter Eggs. So Ezra, can you explain what the premise of Easter Eggs is? Like when a movie has an e- a hidden secret not a lot of people notice, like searching for it like an Easter egg hunt. If you look more closely, like when you're watching the film, you try to find a hidden secret that has a reference to another movie. Yeah, exactly. So, so what is the Easter egg that we're talking about for this episode? It's the Pizza Planet truck, which we all remember first appeared in Toy Story, which was from the ch- fictional Chuck E. Cheese-like restaurant called Pizza Planet. That is known for appearing in every every other movie Pixar made except The Incredibles. Yeah, so we'll we'll find a way to get a shot of it somewhere so that people can see it. But yeah, so Pixar really loves to make references to its own movies. And Disney likes doing references to their other films as well. Right, yeah, so it's a very common trope. You'll see items or characters from other Pixar films. Or characters or objects and things like that in different Disney or Disney Pixar movies. All right, so that was uh, this week's Easter egg. And on that note, let's answer last week's trivia question. The question was, in 1979, a ride in Frontierland, which was was called Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, was opened for the first time, but it used to be a different ride. So what was the name of that ride? It was called Nature's Wonderland, and it was at Frontierland from 1960 until 1977. Yeah, and was it like the new ride, or or how was it different? I'm saying it was nature-themed, not not really western-themed. Like, it had, like, creatures from from like the forest or whatever. And some of the animatronics that were there were are still there. Like, for instance, like the goats or whatever animatronic animals are on Thunder Mountain Railroad. Interesting. All right, so that was the answer to last week's trivia's question. Stick around until the end of the episode to get this week's trivia question. For now, let's go do our feature presentation. So we've talked about two of these movies in particular, Wally and Shaun the Sheep before, but never in this context really of characters in animated films who don't speak or who are silent. In Wally, that is the titular character of Wally. Yes, like the film when it takes place on Earth, all abandoned and deserted, where it's all covered in garbage. There's Wally, who is a tr- who is a 
trash compacting robot who's very curious and kind of lonely. It takes place just over 700 years in the future when it's a dystopian kind of story. And it's also an environmental story about pollution. And Wally, this curious little robot, is also a collector and he finds a lot of old treasures and knickknacks abandoned by humans. Well, I guess there's the question of what what do we mean by silent? Because Wally does make noises. He does say his name. He doesn't really say completely words. So in that sense, he's he's a silent character because he doesn't really have dialogue as like we're having right now, Ezra. He's kind of like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually something I wanted to ask you about is because a lot of the way we communicate is through, obviously, our words. But that's not just the only way. There's also body language. There's intonation. There's a lot of different ways that we communicate. So in the movie of Wally, how does the character communicate? Through his actions and noises he makes. And also, for instance, you can understand from a movie he really likes, which is a classic 1969 musical film called Hello, Dolly. It's really interesting because I think like the first half hour, there's no dialogue at all. And then Eve, who's also a robot who doesn't have any lines of dialogue, shows up and they start to interact. Can can you tell us about how they interact? When Wally first sees her, he instantly falls in love with her like it's love at first sight. And how do we know that? How does Wally communicate that? Although he doesn't really have a mouth, we can see by his eyes that he has that he instantly falls in love with her he just stares at her when he first sees her flying and so when they actually meet how do they interact he says her name he says his name to her wally and then eve says her name but he mispronounces her name as eva which it's hard to for him to say her name properly but then he shows her his amazing garage filled with all sorts of <laughs> treasures. Which, it's just junk that he's found. All kinds of things abandoned by from humans from centuries ago. And actually, I think that's interesting, because that's an idea. There's the phrase, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I think that's, that's an idea of communication, of how we apply different meanings to different things. So for Wally... Right, he's showing Eve all these quote-unquote treasures that he's found and trying to impress her that way. But Eve doesn't care. Yeah, I know. Well, she was sent from somewhere in space to find any li- any surviving forms of life. What she does find, because uh, Wally, as a sort of romantic gesture, shows her the plant. What she's never seen anything like before, because before he was created... Nature had been destroyed because of the pollution and and all the the garbage and how people have left Earth centuries ago. Exactly. It's very interesting to watch them communicate. And there's like I, one scene in particular that I remember is when they go to the spaceship and they're out in space and they're kind of having their dance, I would say, or they're playing. Right outside the cruise liner, which is called the Axiom. Yeah, and they're playing, they're floating around in space, they're playing with each other, they're having fun, and they're telling this story through their movements rather than uh, verbally. I know, like, unlike a lot of other animated films in general and the other films Pixar had produced, they don't really 
speak, they just show movement. Like, actions speak louder than words. And I think that animation is a very good format for this because animation often relies on exaggerated movements, on exaggerated facial features and, and facial expressions. If there was a medium where you could get away with having silent characters, it would be animation. I see what you're saying, yeah. For different animated films in general, particularly Pixar, it also seems to have the least amount of cast members because there's not a lot of talking. Right, that's true. Really laser-focused compared to other Pixar films, and I think maybe that was in part because there's really no dialogue, so you have to spend a lot more time with these characters to kind of get to know them and understand them. Yeah, I get what you're saying. On that note, you know, Shaun the Sheep, also very similar thing where the main character, Shaun the Sheep, has no lines of dialogue. Only unlike uh, Wally, Shaun the Sheep is a bit more of a comedy, not so much a romance. Yeah, so how does how does Shaun the Sheep communicate? He communicates with the sounds he makes to his block friends. And it's I'd say it's a lot more slapstick. I agree, it is a bit more slapstick. And it's, and it's from the Wallace and Gromit studio, Ardman. And also along with its standalone sequel, Farmageddon, a Shaun the, the Sheep movie, which came out just a few years later. So what about Sean? What makes him unique in, in the way that he doesn't have dialogue? That he is a quote-unquote silent character? You can hear him understand what he's saying, like when he's talking to his other flock friends and, and the dog I know who... Bitzer, who's also the farmer's assistant, and also in the movie, you can understand what the bad guy, Trumper, the evil exterminator, is up to. Mm-hmm. Like, his mouth, you can see whenever he's shocked or whenever he's happy or sad or excited or whatever, and you can also understand what his other sheep friends are, are communicating with, too. For you, Ezra, I'm just curious, like, when you see these characters interacting in a, in a sort of nonverbal way, like, how are you trying to understand these characters? I can understand what they're trying to do and what they're probably thinking in their heads. I'm envisioning or what I'm thinking in my head or picturing in my head what they're what they would be saying. Okay, so that's interesting. So in your head, you're thinking, like, what dialogue they might be saying if they could speak. Yeah, like like when Bitzer sees what Sean has gotten him into, or you see what the evil Trumper is up to, as well as in its sequel when Sean meets an alien and him and that alien become friends. This is an adventure, or we gotta save the farmer. <laughs> or I like that. That's funny. We have to find a way to escape Trumper, or whatever. Or... Hello, little creature in the sequel. What's what's your name? When Sean meets that meets a friendly alien. That's interesting because I think it allows you to use your imagination a little bit in trying to figure out like what are these characters feeling? Why are they feeling that way? What do they want? How are they going to interact with others? And I think it's it is a lot of fun to think about. Okay, this is how this character is trying to communicate and they're doing it this way. And if they could speak, this is how they would say it. And I think that's a lot of fun. 
That's an interesting observation. Those are cases of two characters who don't speak, and we have to understand what they're trying to say through sounds or their facial expressions or whatever the case might be, or just following their actions. But a true film that has no dialogue would be Fantasia. Yes, which is this iconic, you know, classic animated Disney film originally released in 1940. Had music, like classical music and symphony and orchestra, and so did its sequel, Fantasia 2000, which came out 60 years later. So the way moods or expressions or ideas are are communicated in that film is through music and through these interpretations of these scenes that are basically interpreting the music. So one of the most famous scenes from that film is The Sorcerer's Apprentice featuring Mickey Mouse. I know, and The Sorcerer, which you probably don't know this, whose name is Yensid, who is Disney's name spelled backwards. Oh, I did not know that. That's a that's a good little bit of trivia. And you know what Mickey is thinking, like he's curious about the ma- that magic hat that the sorcerer has that he doesn't want Mickey touching without permission. And then this gives Mickey an idea when he sees a broom standing against the wall that maybe he could become a sorcerer and then that Broom could become his apprentice, and then Mickey dreams of becoming the greatest sorcerer in the world. Clearly, it takes time. It doesn't happen that quickly. Yeah, he's clearly way over his head. And then he sees what the Broom is up to. The Broom is keeps overflowing and wouldn't stop, and then he finds an axe and destroys the Broom, and he thinks it, it's over, but then the little bits of pieces from the Broom turn into more Brooms, and they keep pouring, getting more water and water, and and wouldn't stop. And then it becomes a whirlpool and Mickey's trying to find a way to clean up the mess. But then the sorcerer comes back and he sees what Mickey did and he's kind of upset and disappointed. And Mickey goes back to doing his simple task as an apprentice. Yeah. And this is all communicated without any dialogue. It's all communicated through the music, through the actions. We witness Mickey Mouse getting into more and more trouble. And it's really fun and silly and then he learns that he shouldn't start something he isn't able to finish right and so it's it's interesting because there are these lessons being taught without a single word of dialogue being spoken and i and that's what i love about the movie is that it's so evocative and so emotional and and i think that's a strength of when you when you don't rely on dialogue and and you really have to focus more on showing rather than telling Right. Yes, I do. Like, for instance, Night on Bald Mountain, or the segment with the alligators and hippos, called um, Dance of the Hours, and each segment is based on classical orchestras and symphonies. Yeah, so the idea of showing versus telling is that rather than saying, I'm happy or I'm angry, you show it. So a person who's angry might stomp around and have a frown on their face and and so you can tell that oh that person is angry you can see it and and there's this idea it's a lot easier to connect on emotional level with somebody when you show it rather than tell what a character is feeling yeah i know these films are a lot of fun fantasia like as a kid watching that movie it still like sticks out in my memory i 
think because the the combination of the music and the visuals are so vivid. I see what you're saying. There were the parts like the Nutcracker suite, as well as like Night on Bald Mountain and the part with the dinosaurs and the Dance of the Hours. You can all understand. And also in its sequel as well, Fantasia 2000, which was made just nearly six years later. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fascinating stuff. And it's just like, it's so much fun to watch these kind of movies, whether it, it is watching just one particular silent character or watching a whole movie without any dialogue of just trying to piece things together and make sense of it. I think that's just, it's so much fun. I know, interesting. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. If you do support us, you'll get access to exclusive content, so be sure to check it out. In the meantime, we have a trivia question to give you. What is the name of the first short Pixar did it from 1984 when it was under the name Lucasfilm Computer Graphics before being spun off as a separate company? So if you know the answer to that question, give us a shout on Facebook or email us at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later.